Tonight, we sit down with Christina Gomez to talk about everything going on in the world of high strangeness, what attracted her to the field in the first place, and what it's like making an ungodly amount of YouTube content every single week. Deep beneath the stacks of the New York Public Library, it's Brian and Eric Don't Belong Here. Stay with us. Is that you? Oh my yep. god! What the hey, hell man. happened to you, dude? I, dude, you are not gonna believe this. I am on my way to the library, walking, you know, walk New York Public Library where we do the show every single week. And as I'm walking up, this black van roars up, uh, skids, and uh, these guys in black suits and sunglasses came out beat the shit out of me a little more than I thought was necessary, and then threw me into the back of their van. What? You look I, you got you got blood coming out of one of your eyes. You look I, horrible. It's I feel horrible, dude. So I'm in the back of the van. We roar off and they tell me that they're from some shadowy government organization and they KFC? want the scoop. <laughs> yeah, that's that was my thought as well. Uh, yeah. but no, some other shadowy government organization and they want they want to beat on Christina Gomez, the fantastic host of uh, Strange Paradigms and Shifting the Paradigms, and they want to know what she knows about aliens, extraterrestrials, cryptids, uh, and all these other fascinating topics that she covers, and they wanted to find out about it through our show, through the, the fun, light conversations that we have. So what did you say? Well, I, we can't compromise our show and be a tool of the U.S. government, Eric. So, of course, I, I spit in their faces, did some cool karate kicks, broke out of the bindings that they threw me in, and I jumped out of the van. They they just they just dropped you off at the corner, right? I, well, I, I, I just screamed and cried until they let me go. <laughs> I got, Brian, I have great news for you. Because, like, I mean, Christina Gomez would be a fantastic guest, but not, not oh, phenomenal. because the fucking, because not because the government told us we had to. Well, sir, you had news? Yeah, call me Tommy Bootlicker, because we got Christina Gomez coming on the show tonight, baby. Tommy Bootlicker, baby. (laughs) That's my name. Don't wear it out. All right. Well, if we booked her independently, I guess that's okay. Yeah, she's she's coming on board. She's going to be here in like a couple minutes, man. You got to get cleaned up. You got got blood coming out of all your orifices. Do we even have a sink down here? I feel like there's just some bloody rats. That? That's ooze. probably fine. You've got a weird ooze happening. Ah, we'll deal with it after. The, we'll deal with it after. Did they beat you with a bag of oranges? <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> you, got, you have orange-shaped indentations all over your torso. <laughs> Tonight by the illustrious, the exciting, the fascinating Christina Gomez. She presents lively and fascinating video content on the topics of UFOs. I wanted to see how long you could go there, bud. <laughs> you got three. I wanted more. I wanted to see how long you could go. I could do. I have a thesaurus. You don't even see it. 
if you're tuning in from home, I'm just I'm licking my index finger and just paging through a tome. Christina has more adjectives than I think we've invented yet. She's incredible. I didn't even get to the end. Here's the thing. If you don't know, if you're tuning <laughs> Sorry, in. Sorry, I interrupted. That's fine. This is, Christina, welcome to the show. This is how we kind of, it starts, we're on fire and we're rolling down a hill really rapidly. <laughs> and then we kind of get it together and get to the meat of the show. Well, actually, why don't you take it away? What What's your kind of, what's your, this is the section of the show we call, what's your deal, man? What's your deal, man? So what's my deal, man? Well, my deal is being interested in the UFO phenomenon, the paranormal, the supernatural, and bringing it to my my generation, Gen Z, Zoomers, and getting them interested in it as well. Uh, I'm assuming that we're all about around the same age. And so like a lot of us grew up with TV shows, movies, video games, books that kind of covered UFOs, aliens, or even possible aliens visiting Earth, for instance. And while that's all really exciting and classified as science fiction, uh, maybe since around the 80s, it's science has been having a real interest in it as well. And if we talk about it today, like let's say you're just kind of, you see a group of people, you're at the mall or I don't know, wherever other gatherings people go to. And you see a lot of people wearing alien merch, like T-shirts. They have even tattoos that are inked on them forever. <laughs> Obviously, they have some kind of interest in it. So I'll casually walk up and I'll be like, hey, so what do you think about uh, extraterrestrials? Like, what are your thoughts on them? UFOs? They're like, oh, yeah, they're the freaking best. And I'm like, best in what way? They're like, I don't know. They're just, they're just better than us in every way. And I'm like, oh. Have you have you met one? I mean, like, what are some stories? I don't know anything about them, but I just freaking love them. And I'm like, okay, that's a start. We're getting somewhere. But now let's kind of bring in the history, the science, or even other aspects to it to give you a better foundation. Because I truly believe, while I am joking with you here a little bit, uh, I truly believe that it is the most important conversation that humanity is having at this point in time. And now NASA just, well, they had a teleconference a few days ago stating that they have created a UAP committee. And it's going right. to start in the fall for nine months studying uh, civilian government and company sightings and things like that in data and that's a really really big deal and but we've already been having this for quite some time now with the UAPTF right the unidentified aerial phenomenon task force and the AOI MSG and that acronym I'm not even going to bother saying all those words <laughs> but uh, we are coming a long way now for the people that have been into this for decades right they're like oh this is still too slow we're not seeing enough progression for myself someone that's new and that would class be classified as an optimistic, I think that we are making some really big strides in these last two years when it comes to transparency. Yeah. Can you, Christina, can you touch on that? We were actually just talking with, with a guest about that, where it feels like wading through all the UAP UFO news is this sort of like exciting, but very difficult slog through a swamp. And you're reading a lot of papers and articles and everything. And then you get to the end of them and it's just like the same video from Commander Fravor. And you feel like it's kind of just on repeat. What is the new exciting stuff that's that's been coming out? And when do I get a picture of an alien? <laughs> yeah. 
both great questions. And I uh, like the both of you. Thank you. I, I'm I'm very new to all of this. And I feel like, yes, while we are still getting some kind of, and that's some quotation marks, fresh information, the Tic Tac mm. was in 2004, right? The Nimitz encounter with David yeah. Fravor. Uh, then you have a, quite a few other ones. And you had one that was just released a few weeks ago. And the debrief really honed in on that, writing an article about it, along with all the other you know, mainstream outlets that talk about UFOs. But as for what is to come in the future, there are people kind of betting on the next nine months, give or take, there's going to be some big drops. Now, what are those drops? We simply don't know at this point in time, at least the public for that matter. But it seems that we are getting closer and closer to something. Now, is that transparency by the government? I honestly doubt it. I do not think from the years I've been doing this, it's only been like, what, two years now, doing the research that I don't think we're going to be getting transparency from the government, but in the sense of we will be getting it from the people. And one place in particular that I'm really kind of hedging my bets. Now, I'm not a betting man or a man, but if I was either of those two things, I would be betting on Skinwalker Ranch because you're getting a a convergence of UFO phenomenon and the paranormal. You're getting serious scientific research on it, and you're getting a TV show on it, which means that thousands, if not millions of people are watching this, and they're seeing that this is a real thing, and it's being treated seriously. So while there, again, while there are other places like Skinwalker Ranch across the world, this one is getting all of that attention, all of that research. So I believe at this point in time that we have a higher chance of getting disclosure from Skinwalker Ranch than from the government such as the Pentagon. Um, could you give me uh, and explain like I'm five Skinwalker Ranch and what, what the situation is there? Oh my gosh, so it's really exciting. It's like one of my favorite places so far that I've researched. But uh, pretty much you're looking at a ranch in the Uinta Basin in Utah. And if we're going back into the Native American legend, you had the Utes and the Navajo. They had a war. And then one of them cursed the other, stating that you're going to be haunting this area forever. When I mean haunting, it's kind of more of like you have these types of shapeshifters called skinwalkers. Now, this is known across all First Nation tribes, and they all kind of have a slightly different touch to it, but they're overall the same, meaning that you have a person either cursed or asked to be that way, sometimes by shamans, and they can go ahead and shapeshift into coyotes, you know, foxes, um, wolves, things like that. And they can go ahead and kind of terrorize the people in that area because the only way that they can live is by practically eating other people. So it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty dark legend. And now when we're dealing with Skinwalker Ranch, this area it was first bought by the Shermans. It they are these um ranchers back in the day, and they had all these really, really odd encounters. And they had encounters of direwolves, which are now classified as as extinct, that sh they, they shouldn't yeah. have been able to see this. And in the sense where I think it was the owner, the like the, the main man, the Mr. Sherman, who tried shooting this dire wolf and it didn't even bleed. He tried hitting it with a stick and it didn't even like care at all. And it walked off on its own. You're also having cattle mutilations there. You're also having UFO sightings. And uh, you're even having, um, it's believed that even portals can open and close. I thought there have been some sightings of a portal opening and, and entities coming out of that portal onto this side of 
the realm. Now, then you had NIDS, which was run by Robert Bigelow, who is a part who created Bigelow Airspace, and he owns a hotel chain. I think it's Hotel Suites. Can't remember the exact hotel, but a, a pretty big hotel chain, and he owned it for a few years, and he got funding by the government to go, go ahead and run tests. Now, his research is very classified. Uh, for the most part, you can't really get a lot of the information. Then it was kind of free for a few years, and then it was bought by Brandon Fugel, who is a commercial real estate. Um, entrepreneur. And that's kind of where the TV show, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch came and they're documenting everything that this new team is collecting when it comes to cattle mutilations, UFO sightings, potential portals, which in season three, we might have seen one that was really exciting. Very cool. And now it's really fantastic about this ranch and why I keep stating that I believe that disclosure is going to be coming from this ranch in particular is because now they have this membership called the Insider where you're able to see all the cameras live. So whatever the team members are seeing on this ranch, the public can see it as well. And that's a really big deal, meaning that all the things that they're seeing is made public. There's no secrecy here. Of course, you do have to pay for it. It's $10 a month. But the fact that people are given that opportunity mm. is is a big deal, in my opinion. What, do you, Christina? What do you What do you think is going on at Skinwalker Ranch? I ask all of my guests this question. Every single one of my guests, I somehow try to bring it up because <laughs> because while I find this so fascinating, I really don't know. Now, in my opinion from the years of doing the research, watching the TV show, and even hearing other people's opinions on this, including some of the team members that are a part of the TV show and a part of the ranch, particularly Thomas Winterton, the superintendent, it seems like there's there's this kind of tear, this slight tear that between dimensions, or where it's just very thin, where the veil is very thin, where you're able just to see things that you might not might not be able to see in, let's say, your hometown of, I don't know, like Atlanta, Georgia or something. I don't know. It's just an example. (laughs) So what I have become to realize is that there definitely is a convergence between the UFO and the paranormal phenomenon that is happening there. And they're almost working hand in hand. There are people that have stated that they have seen some pretty bizarre cryptids, that they have seen portals, that they have seen and felt ghosts, that they've been a part of the hitchhiker effect. And while again, and what I cannot is, stress this enough, go ahead. Go really ahead, quick, what, what is the hitchhiker effect? Hitchhiker effect is very interesting. It's nothing like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Well, a little (laughs) bit, but not that much. But pretty much what you're dealing with is some type of entity that kind of just follows you, kind of like a parasite Uh, in an instance. And that's like the very, the most simple terms to put it out. It's a lot more complex than that, but that's just like... No, we, we need the most simple terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's pretty much just like a parasite. There's an entity that is following you. Um, Thomas Winterton, the superintendent, had witnessed this to the point where he had to place security cameras inside and outside of his house to go ahead and capture these really weird things that were happening to him because he felt like he had brought something with him from the ranch into his home with his family. Mm. And, you know, when, when you're a family man or a family woman... Um, 
that that level of protection you have that because you want to protect your young you want to protect your partner so i think that if he was living on his own it would be a different story but because he has a family right um placing all these cameras and being extra weary i believe is is only natural so that's just the very basics of what the hitchhiker effect is and it's not just him but even people that have visited the ranch have believed to have taken something with them back home as well wow um if people are interested in uh learning more about skinwalker ranch do you have any uh especially great interviews on your show that you recommend yeah, I mean, the one that I've done so far is with Thomas Winterton. Now, I am planning on some more in the future, but he is the one that really took a deep dive into his encounters, his experiences, and also stories that he's heard throughout his time there. Because before he even worked on the ranch, he lived six miles from it, like his whole life. Wow. So, like, he was just right next to this place. And I asked him, I'm like, if you heard all these scary stories, why on <laughs> earth would you want to work there? Like, for what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. You gotta see. You gotta see. <laughs> I know. I know. And so people, I mean, now that the TV show has come out, I've heard stories um, by the team stating that they've had so many trespassers now because they all want to be a part sure, of this of really course. cool phenomenon, but it's incredibly dangerous. At the end of the day, uh, people there really care about your safety. And once you pass that fence and this phenomenon goes past that fence, it's all throughout the Uinta Basin. Right next to Skinwalker Ranch is another ranch called Blind Frog Ranch, which is incredibly similar. They also have their own TV show run by a different production company. I don't know which one it is, so do not ask me, but they're in the same area having the exact same things happen to them i feel like it's a little unfair to the blind frog ranch people (laughs) skinwalker kind of stole the spotlight on that one they have a pretty good audience they just there was just a a conference not too long ago i think what like two weeks ago um where they were both ranches were involved well that's good the blind frogs are fine eric yeah i feel like we're kind of blind frog guys (laughs) tbh we're more the indie haunted ranch crew Skinwalker's a little mainstream for us, honestly. Glad you brought up Line Frog. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> That'll make it fair um, for everyone. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, Christina, so uh, Eric, did you have any other questions on, on that train of thought? No, not no, not specifically. Take take it away. Take it away. Um, so Christy, you mentioned being kind of new to this world. Uh, what did uh what came first, your interest in uh, UFOs and the paranormal and the strange, or your like broadcasting hosting? So interest. I think I think that as children, we have this huge curiosity. We just want to like eat the world altogether. We mm. want to understand everything. And when you ask your parents or your teachers, they're like, "Oh, don't ask me that right now. I don't really know the answer. <laughs> go go read a book." Which in today's world, it's like, "Go on your iPad. Go watch little those little shark things. What are those called? Baby shark? <laughs> those little sharks? Yeah." <laughs> So, so, um, and, and I come from, I came from a Latin household, so it was a very strict household in the sense of if I kind of pushed my mom a little too much, she'd be like, Cállate, please like, stop it. Like, I'm going to throw my chancla at you. And I'm the like, ch- okay. The, the, the slipper. Yeah. The slipper. Exactly. <laughs> my girlfriend's that. family is Puerto Rican. I get the chancla all the time. Mm. So you, <laughs> you know, the vibes, you know, the vibes, oh, yeah. but also, you know, that there's, there's this, this cultural difference in the sense of when you're a part of that community, that, that culture, uh, there's a big level of respect and you never want to disappoint or upset your parents in any single way. So I didn't really ask my mom these types of questions. I'd be like, Hey dad, 
So uh, aliens, <laughs> what are these? UFOs, what are these? Uh, ghosts, what are these? And he was, the real, he was the one that really got me interested in this through the TV show The Twilight Zone which is one from the 1950s, 1960s, black and white film uh, TV series. It's so fantastic. And they covered a lot of these quote-unquote taboo topics, especially during that time period where it was just everything was fiction. Everything (laughs) was fiction. But there was something so special about it, the way Mm. that they produced these TV shows. So that's really what piqued my interest. Then I had a few encounters on my uh, of my like I had some encounters, and then oh, I, we're, we're going to ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then a little bit later, as soon as I had entered university, I was like, I have a lot of free time. You know what? I'm going to start doing the research, and I started with collecting. Um, UFO sighting videos and analyzing them, zooming them in, enhancing them, adding filters if I needed to, and then placing it back on YouTube and saying, hey, look, you can decide what you think this is. I found it. I I tried to make it better for you to decipher what you think these objects are. And then I went ahead and started creating a podcast, one show, two show. Now it's three shows a week uh, as it's growing every single day. So it's been really intense. It is. I don't have any free time. I don't even sleep anymore. Like what's it's all sleep? aliens what? all the time? What? Well, no, no definitely not aliens. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I walked into this field, I my knowledge is incredibly limited. It was incredibly limited in the sense of I really just had movies to base off of my opinions on, and I'm like, yep, everything's aliens, everything's aliens. But then as I've progressed, I'm like. Well, it could be interdimensionals. It could be even possibly time travelers. It could be something that we haven't even considered yet, or it could be man-made. So I feel like as I've done more research, the more stories that I've covered, the more people that I've spoken to, both at, both as a host and as a guest, um, the more my my opinion broadens because there is no definite answer on any of this, including the paranormal. Is everything just a dead person or all ghosts just <laughs> dead people? Well, it could be so much more than that. And I've be, I'm just now beginning to realize that. That's amazing. Yeah. I think before we, before we kind of dive into your own personal encounters, which I feel like are fascinating, we're really curious <laughs> about, there's an interesting kind of dichotomy in the, believer side of the alien ufo world which i feel like is a sort of like jacques valet camp of the high strangeness the paranormal all sort of one mysterious force and then the more practical side of like these are just literally biological entities traveling from far away and they're visiting us and it sounds like are you sort of in the you're sort of drifting between those you don't have a pure orientation either way there you're kind of open that's correct. And I believe that if we are stuck on our ways, right, if we're not able to change, well, we're not really going to progress in this topic. So being open minded to all the possibilities, even if it's the most mundane answer of yes, they were all created here. The fact of just being open minded to it, one, it won't lead to disappointment. But two, it'll allow you to do your research without too much bias. And bias is a really big deal when it comes to any field that you research, especially when you're talking about it to your audience that are also new to the topic. You don't want to bring your bias with you and in a bag and being like, all right, 
here you go. Everything's aliens. You're welcome. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally it's, the it's tagline toxic. of our show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry everything's to say aliens. That. You're welcome. <laughs> well, now we have to throw it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God that, damn it, yeah. Eric. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> this is why we can't have professional guests on the show. They always do this. This is. <laughs> Um, Might as well burn that bag while you're at it, man. I guess. Uh, Well, I guess if you say so. (laughs) Um, Christina, one one thing I find interesting is uh, we've spoken to uh, guests before, some of whom who have expressed, like, while they still enjoy falling down these rabbit holes, um, kind of the more they look into it, the less they kind of believe it. Um, And it sounds like for you, that's the opposite. Is there something that keeps your curiosity kind of alight um, that you're able to articulate? Yes, absolutely. First off, it's for a lot of these people that have been in the field for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah, of course, you can sometimes lose that spark when you hear the same five stories, Roswell, (laughs) Travis Walton, the Phoenix Lights. And it's like, okay, those have been spoken to to death. And there's nothing wrong with that. People are always going to be new to these stories without a doubt. There's and, and they're fascinating stories. But when you're on one side of the spectrum and you've been doing it for years, yeah, you're going to lose that passion. You're going to be exhausted. But pushing that all aside, I went into this trying to look at first the nuts and bolts, looking at the history, looking at the so many stories that I've never heard of. Every single Thursday, I learn a new story and I'm just like, what? <laughs> this is a, People witness this? And, and real or not, these are all alleged accounts. We simply do not have proof for any of these stories. But it kind of, it hits back that going back to that childhood curiosity of just wanting to understand, but also just loving a good story. Again, real Definitely. or not, myth or fact, it it brings us back to our childhood memories. And I feel that when we become adults, we become very bland and boring and be like, oh yeah, I know absolutely everything. I don't need to learn anymore. Everything is black and white. And I'm just going to go to the grocery store, work my nine to five job, and then watch TV and go to bed. There's no magic. The dream. <laughs> right. The I, dream. Yeah, The exactly. dream. But no, I, I, it's, I, I, I completely agree with you. It, it is that constant search for the, there's got to be some magic left in the world. It's there's got to be, it be somewhere. It's got to be. There's got to be something else that we're just not seeing. And so that's the kind of mentality that I have when I cover these topics. And again, it's not just the UFO phenomenon because it seems that there is a connection with the paranormal, with the supernatural. You cannot have one without the other from what I'm realizing. And so seeing that, while I wouldn't classify it as magic, I would classify it as a type of very interesting mystery that you just can't get enough of. So it's at the end of the day, it's all that it's that mentality that you have on in and on these subjects. So again, because I'm so new, there's so much I don't know. So I'm, every day I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. But <laughs> I guess maybe in 20, 30 years time, my answer might be different. Sure. Um, no, we can relate to that. I think every hour, every Tuesday, it's just Eric and I going, whoa! And <laughs> yeah. for- <laughs> I know the feeling. I really do. <laughs> it's so, yeah, um, I feel yeah. like, I feel like our show has sort of an interesting parallel to your inquiries, which is like, we, we sort of realized when we first started this and we've branched out from this initial thesis. But one of the things we realized when we were just like meeting up in a bar talking about maybe doing this podcast was like, everybody has a ghost story. 
or no everyone has a ghost story that's that is that so is true weird phenomenon that everybody kind of encounters directly or secondhand but nobody talks about that much no they brush um, it off they're like, like oh yeah. no it's too bizarre i i, I can't look at this because i'm busy with my nine to five job yeah yeah <laughs> and so they, they just don't want to pay attention to that but you're absolutely right and i'm, I'm going to briefly address that to you to the both of you was i I had this really close friend in my childhood. She was an Orthodox Jew, but she had a very scientific mindset. Her dad was a neurosurgeon. So he was like pure science. Like he didn't believe in really like anything weird. He didn't believe in that. And and it kind of passed on to her. But then her mother on the other side was kind of more of like a like a new ager kind of kind of mm-hmm. mentality. So she had so she had two polar opposite parents. And um, we grew up together for a good amount of years. And she used to tell me the story that she used to see this like woman in black in her corner of her bedroom every single night to the point no, where like no she thanks. couldn't, she, she, she couldn't sleep. She suffered from depression. She suffered from eating disorders. She had a lot of issues uh, mentally with herself. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. That's really, really weird. Turns out she was about maybe like 13. And she, her mother encountered this type of like, I don't know what they're really called. It's not a witch, but like someone that can kind of do like cleansings for you. Mm, I don't know what they're called, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So they traveled like an hour to see this woman. And the woman said, okay, um, I'm going to call her A because I don't want to give her name away. All right, A, come come into my house. And the the girl wouldn't do it. She physically could mm. not enter this woman's home. Wow. So this this witch, and that's quotation marks, she's like, all right, I'm gonna do the ceremony literally outside of my house. So she places singing bowls or own bowls around this around the girl and uh, I think starts chanting. I think. And uh, to the point where A, she just starts like crying and screaming. She's like, stop, stop. Like this is so painful. Like please stop. She ends wow. up passing out from the pain. She wakes up a little bit later and she's like, what happened? Who are you? Oh, man. <laughs> What's oh, going wow. on? And she had no idea that she felt that, that she passed out, that she was screaming, that she was in pain. She didn't remember any of that. She only remembered the after effects of like that pain that you feel from those intense emotions. And um, later on, a year or two later, she's like, I don't believe any of that really happened to me. I don't believe that to be true. And the first episode I ever, it's so weird. The first episode I ever did for Mysteries with a History was on shadow people. And I start doing the research, going in blind. And I'm like, this sounds a lot like my friend's story. Like, And people that encounter these more intense shadow people deal with depression, eating disorders, other mental instabilities. And I'm like, bless her heart if she really did go through that i i i can't understand what she went through and to this day she doesn't really she doesn't really face it she's like it didn't really happen i don't believe in this stuff i don't believe in magic or ghosts or aliens things like that because she comes she's more in the scientific mindset on that but you're right everyone does have or knows someone that has had their own story but it just depends on how many of those people face it right yeah um, you, you mentioned you've had a couple of your own experiences. Would you mind telling us a, a little bit about those? Yeah, I'll tell you my favorite one. This one's a pretty Hell funny yeah. story. Hell it's, yeah. it's a pretty funny one. So it was my first year in, in university. I'm still in, I'm still in college and I met this girl. She's, she's 
kind of nice. She was very nice, but kind of weird. And I'm like, I like those kinds of people. So I sit next to her and I'm, we ended up becoming friends. And, you know, when you're in college, you don't have any money. So I'm like, oh, I, can't, I can't afford a vacuum cleaner right now. I'm going to ask this girl, <laughs> if she just, just let me borrow it just for a day. So she's like, yeah, no problem. Just come to my house and pick up the vacuum cleaner. Just return it when you want. And I'm like, you're the freaking best. All righty. <laughs> so I drive over to her place another apartment just right out right on the outskirts of the university and i already felt something was off and before i started doing my podcast i didn't really believe in gut feelings that much i just didn't really care for them i'm like okay yeah gut feelings yeah sure but i didn't i didn't really put it to into practice but something felt really off when i entered her apartment and i'm like it's fine. I really need this vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I really need this vacuum cleaner. Priorities, I'm not pay 50 bucks for yeah. one. Yeah, priorities. So I, it, 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 get, it, gets, it gets weird. And I end up taking her vacuum home. And I put, it in the, I put it in the trunk of my car. And I'm like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like there's Hitchhiker. something in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I look behind me. I'm like, is there something in here with me nah did can't she be. unload Just a cursed paranoid. vacuum on you is this a classic cursed <laughs> vacuum handoff situation yeah so i i feel kind of weird it's already pretty late now it's 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 late so i ended up putting it in the corner of my uh small apartment and i'm like okay i'm gonna clean up the house so i can go ahead and vacuum at this time i had this huge like one pound candle with like an in, inside of a glass jar in the bathroom like right on top of the the toilet area and this thing can't move okay like this thing cannot move it's so heavy i i walk away i go to the oh. kitchen or something and it falls into the trash can and i'm like whatever <laughs> i go to the i go to the trash can i just put it back up i'm like it's not a big deal and then i walk back to the bathroom and it falls again now, there is no explanation for this. There's absolutely not a single explanation for a one-pound candle with the inside of a glass jar to fall into the trash can. And the, yeah. and it, it's, like, kind of far away. Like, it's not that close. You, there's not an explanation for it. So I'm thinking, I'm going to go to my television knowledge. What do you do when you have a ghost or a demon? You get salt. So I go to the kitchen. I grab the salt and I'm like, sprinkle, 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 sprinkle right on top of the candle, sprinkle around the edges of my house. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm safe now. What can go wrong? Whatever, right? Whatever. Yeah. <sighs> you salted it. You're good. Yeah, everything's fine, right? That's like I'm the magic I'm worried. I'm worried this story doesn't end with you being good after the salt. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it gets better. So I end up putting no, we, salt No, we've leaned everywhere. on the salt a couple of times. Now I'm worried it's ineffective. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Christina, don't take my security blanket away. <laughs> No, no, it was very ineffective. So <laughs> I, I felt, I, I still felt very uncomfortable in my home. I don't even think I vacuumed the house. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, let me use my typing fingers and go to Google. Google, uh, tell me music or sounds to remove evil entity. All righty, let's try this because Ghost Adventures helped me with this one. So <laughs> Okay, okay. I didn't know about that one. That's a no, good idea. Right? Well, so I, I, I tried it out. I uh, play a special chant that was said to remove entities and then evil entities, I mean. And then I heard this like screeching sound come out of the speakers. <gasps> and this is not a part of the audio. There's nothing Super around me that weird. could create this screeching sound. And I'm thinking, pick up my phone. Hey, 
can I return your vacuum to you? Is please? <laughs> and she's like, no, just keep it until the morning. Like, oh wow, just it's fine. And I'm putting on thinking, please. I know it's late. Please let me drop off your vacuum. She's like, no, nah, just do it tomorrow. You know, it's really late. And I'm like, okay, no, okay, go no, to no, sleep. No. It's safe. I swear. <laughs> is your friend just like a vacuum succubus? Like, what is that? So it's- I, I end up putting it. So I have this like really tiny storage unit out, like right outside of the apartment, the uh, dorm apartment. And it's like really, really small. So I, I put the vacuum in there and I say, look, you're going to stay in there until tomorrow. I'm going to drop you back <laughs> off. You are not going to mess with me. I'm going to have a good night's sleep and you're going to stay there. So then the very next morning, as soon as the sun came up, I'm like driving to this girl's house. I'm like, here's your <laughs> here's your, your hellish vacuum. Take it back. I do not want it. And I never spoke to that girl again. It's man, yeah. we we uh, if uh, if this is your first episode that you're listening to, we recently spoke to uh, J.W. Oker, who wrote the book Cursed Objects, and he told us the number one way to get rid of a curse is to give it to somebody. Give it else. to somebody else. And we, I think it was yo. definitely a cursed vacuum handoff. I think you were on the what? wrong end of a cursed vacuum handoff, Christina. That's full theory. Yeah. Whoa, that friend was no friend them. of yours. No. Yeah. No man. Now, most now this is. Did you even vacuum your house with no. it? No. Nope. That's good. That's probably good. That's probably good. Probably yeah. gets out that way. I, I don't think I did. I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. I was so scared. They say that there's still salt sprinkled around your dorm to this day. <laughs> well, I threw away that candle the next morning as well. I'm like, yeah, I don't also need you. the collateral damage. <laughs> don't need it. They call, they call it. her Pickle Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hate Gomez. pickles. I really? hate pickles with all of my pickles and olives. I cannot stand them in wow. anything. Wow. Wow. Whoa. Big yeah. pickle. Guy. It, <laughs> Our buddy comedian uh, uh, Eli Uden once referred to pickles as mushy golem food, and I can't get that out of my head. Which is ridiculous because a good cri- a pickle is crisp. And good savory. crisp pickle, it's great. It's got a crunch Christina, to it. Christina, I'm going to need you to have an open mind on pickles. All right, no, <laughs> that, that, that's the only thing that I just cannot consume. I don't well, care what it's in. We just stepped it. into our 15 minute mid show pro pickle segment, so. <laughs> You're kind of in a kind of anti pickle, really and I'm not in on. a pickle <laughs> in this conversation. <laughs> um, Eric, I, what should we move on to? I was oh, so sorry. speaking. Speaking of controversial takes and opinions, I feel like there are there's kind of a lot. Just looking at the UAP community from the outside, it feels like there's a decent amount of kind of drama and infighting and like clickiness to the community. <laughs> Very fractious fractious group of of men mostly looking at the looking at the stars can you I comment think on that looking at just uap twitter That's yes 100 percent. yes that which, is entirely what i'm looking at which uap twitter is maybe just one or two percent of the entire community but you're right when you're when you're going into uap twitter and uap twitter alone okay yes it is very bickerish it's very clickish. It's very hateful, <laughs> and it can be um, a little bit scary, or, or, or it can mm. turn people off that are so new to it. Sure. Now, I've learned that one the hard way. So now I only use Twitter. I use it at arm's length, just like posting That's stuff, but not really interacting, yep. because yes, it, it is. It is. A, it can be a very dark place. We're dealing with a lot of trolls. A lot of them, but that's just what Twitter was made for to begin with. No matter what topic right. you're talking about, yeah. but when you're looking at 
if you're looking at other communities, like the actual, for example, conferences, or if you're looking at people that are creating films for it or documentaries, you're dealing with a lot more positive community, a lot more open-minded community, because they're aware that there's so much more to it than we can understand. And one quote that I really do live by when being a part of this field is by Aristotle. And that is to know all is to know nothing. Those that claim that they have all the answers, (laughs) right, in the UFO field, they're absolutely lying. No, there is absolutely nobody that knows everything. And I came across a really good analogy on that that I was doing in, when I was doing an interview with Jim Harold. He's a pioneer podcaster for the paranormal. He'll be doing a his show will air tomorrow that I interviewed him with. That oh, I that's interviewed amazing. with him. Yeah, he's fantastic. I legendary. love that man to death. He is legendary. Yeah. But he told this really amazing analogy and I'm giving you guys a spoiler. <laughs> but Hell it's yeah. pretty much of imagine you walk into like a really big mansion and it has a library, right? But you can only see through the people and you can see all of the books, but you can't, but that door is locked. You can't Mm. open it. You can't open those books. That's kind of like what we're doing when we're researching this field. We don't really know what we're looking at. We can assume we can run possible tests, but we're just looking through that keyhole and just looking at something so small where this library could be what 20 shelves high right it can be running a span of a thousand feet or something i don't know how big this house is but (laughs) let's just say it was really big and has like a ginormous library right quantum library house yeah hey i'm all for it the dream but (laughs) that i felt that analogy was just so perfect Mm. because when we're dealing with these fields we don't know what we're looking at we we can assume but we don't know anyone that tells you they have all the answers they're wrong. It's a big old liar. <laughs> big old liar right there. So what That's so right. what do you think of the kind of like not to not to name drop specifically, but we'll just ballpark an area. What do you think of like the Luis Elizondos of the world, the Jeremy Corbells, the kind of the Bob Lazars? Do you have a do you have a strong opinion on those guys? When we are looking at these people that are putting their faces and putting their faces out there and making these claims. Yeah, it it can be incredibly difficult. Now, for Mm -hmm. Lou Elizondo in particular, he is someone that if he can't answer something, he'll tell you, I can't answer that. Yeah. Right. Then you then you have a few other people that will kind of just pull stuff out of thin air and make <laughs> up an answer. But when we're dealing with Mr. Lou Elizondo in particular, I have and he's been in he's been putting his face out there since 2017. No one has caught him in a lie yet. No one has said, I found him lying here. Then if that were to happen, then yeah, the the tides would turn. But until then, here we are in 2022. No one has made that claim. People have done hit jobs on him. People have made some some weird documentaries on him as well. (laughs) But they were kind of more pointing at the way that he looks, the way that he speaks, instead of that, the information that he brings to the table. And he's done thousands of interviews he doesn't care if you have 10 subscribers or a hundred thousand or if you're a mainstream media outlet he will say hey look if i have the time i will go on your show and i will try to answer your questions to the best ability that i can uh when i first interviewed him uh i i wanted to give him the questions beforehand because i was so new to the field i'm like okay this is, this is a really big guy i need to give him the questions beforehand so that he can kind of know what he needs to talk about he's like christina 
do not send them to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Do not send me the questions. I care about your journalist integrity, which I'm not a journalist, but that's what he said to me. And he said, I don't want to know anything. You're just going to ask me those questions when you're ready to ask them, but I don't want to know. And that just, for myself, that just showed me that he is someone that cares about his own integrity as well to not bring people down with him. <clears throat> but in that respect, that is my opinion. I've done a whole article on him on my website at strangeparadigms.com talking about people are making all these really big claims about him, but he doesn't owe us anything. He's doing this because he cares about the topic. He cares about the field. He wants UFO transparency. But then people are doing these really intense hit jobs on him. And it's it's affected him and his family. For for people, for listeners who, who don't know who Lou Elizondo is, can you give like the 30-second just summary of why he's such a big deal? Absolutely. So Lou Elizondo was the former director of ATIP. And this was pretty much funded by the Pentagon to look at UFOs. And that's in quotation marks right there again. And pretty much he ended up leaving ATIP. And he said, I'm going to come out to the public and talk about that. Yeah, the government is hiding stuff from you. We need to have, I don't want to say the word movement, but we need to push forward and, and make this conversation more mainstream. So then he joined Um, to the Stars Academy with Chris Mellon. Um, Then you have a person from Skunk Works, and his name is escaping me. Then you're having Tom DeLonge, who is a pretty famous rock band singer. Blink-182. (laughs) Blink-182. Thank you. And you're having a few other people as well. And they were coming to the public in 2017, 2018, stating, like, we need to have this conversation. We need to take this conversation incredibly seriously. Government has been interested in this. Science has been interested in this. Now we need to get the public interested in this. He ended up leaving TTSA, to the Stars Academy, and he started going on his own, doing all of the mainstream media interviews, podcast interviews, all these interviews to go ahead and answer questions to the best of his ability. And while people expect him to say, yes, aliens, aliens are visiting us. Yes, (laughs) aliens are here. Yes, aliens are part of the government. While people are expecting that from him, he simply cannot answer. He cannot say that like that because people are expecting answers on a silver spoon being like, yeah, here you go, aliens. But in reality, if you do... Literally all I'm asking for. (laughs) Just a a smug butler to deliver me aliens on a a tiny spoon. (laughs) And while we're joking about this, that's what a lot of people do honestly want. Christina, why... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I'm almost done. But if you watch his interviews, you're able to see that he does drop breadcrumbs and he answers questions in a kind of more roundabout way, but he still answers them without saying the words aliens Mm. or extraterrestrials. So as long as you have like peaked ears, you're able to catch those things. Sorry to get all fired up and and jump in on you. My ears are like (laughs) max peaked. If you're just tuning in, you can't see, but I'm like, I'm like a golden retriever who's been drinking coffee for four hours. Uh, Why do they have to talk in these roundabout cryptic ways? I think for like, for me, who's super into this and they got me like, I'm, I'm hooked in. I've been paying attention since 2017, waiting for the, you know, UFO on the white house lawn. Why can't they just come out and say, like, yeah, we have material from a foreign craft. I mean, do you want to go to prison, Eric? I certainly do not. 
but I it's it's that kind of deal. Well, because they had signed NDAs, that'd be very so it would be vi- violation say. of some it would be violating. Yeah, got it, got it. Exactly, and and I don't know about <laughs> this is what Elizondo always tells me. He says, Christina, I don't look good in orange. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Prison clothing. Feel, <laughs> yeah. Just, I feel like uh, Eric anyway. and I in prison would just cry the entire time. Just <laughs> nonstop <immediate>. wailing. <laughs> so that, but see, that that's why him and others kind of have to answer questions in a roundabout way. They Got still it. answer them if you know what you're looking for. But for mm. the average person, you're like, oh, this is so boring. What? Why is he saying this? Why are his answers so lengthy? <laughs> well, because he's trying to answer it without answering it or without being on the radar. Of to, saying like, oh, you violated an NDA, you're off to prison. Like oh, to to that. your point, I mean, he's a controversial figure. But if you watch the uh, the Bob Lazar documentary that Jeremy Corbell made, which actually I thought was I thought was really good, obviously controversial. Um, but if you take it at the sort of like believers' face value, it's like because of what he said, the FBI and various government agencies have just ruined his life for decades now just turned his shop upside down, invaded his personal and his professional life. So, yeah, interesting. It is. It is. And Bob Lazar is a controversial figure, and especially that he's still alive today. So it is people are like, oh, well, if you have these questions, why don't you just ask him? Well, he is someone that doesn't really go in the public eye, and he hasn't for decades. It's very rare to catch him. It was it was honestly Joe Rogan's luck to get him on the on his show. But he, yeah, he is a controversial figure. And for myself, I haven't really made up my opinion. I'm still on the fence yeah. um, with him and his story. Yeah, same, same for sure. Um, Christina, you've been so generous with your time. Uh, as we're uh, running out the clock here, I think we need to get into the the big, the hard-hitting, the deepest questions. Number one of which is, aliens come down, they're like, Christina, get on board, let's go. Do you, or do you run? <laughs> uh, obviously, I would go straight into the ship, make sure I have my whole backpack full of ramen, kick them out of the ship, and just steal it. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. They never see that. Did we just all start writing a spec script together? Okay. But or 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 I would say, hey, look, take me where wherever you guys are going, and I'll be in the kitchen cooking you ramen every single day. One or the other. You're the cook. You're the chef. A risky a risky gambit, but I like it. I appreciate it. I am a pretty good cook. Just, I'm just putting it out there <clears throat> for those that are listening, those extraterrestrials out there. This is, of course, broadcasting into space. So, <laughs> um, let's see. Do you have a um, a specific like uh, a pet fascination, if you will, a, a certain type of uh, cryptid that is a favorite, or a, uh, for lack of a better word, alien classification? Um, just a real pet interest in this field. When it comes to cryptids, I haven't done a significant amount of research yet. It is on my list of things to do to research on, but there are some pretty there are some pretty cool ones. I think the one right now that's really catching my eye are the skinwalkers. Um, yeah. You can classify them as a cryptid or as a person that was was once a person. It is kind of hard to say. the The legends are kind of limited just because when you're dealing with First Nation tribes, um, they don't talk about skinwalkers because if you talk about them you will attract them that is their mentality on that so eric cancel our skinwalkers episode (laughs) yeah don't don't like that yeah in the episode i literally just say skinwalkers over and over again for 60 minutes brian's not even on the recording it's probably shouldn't publish that no no dump that one (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I, I've, I've asked a good amount of people that are dealing with these kinds of different fields. I, I interviewed a demonologist by the name of Nathan Giles. Mm. I've even talked to Jim Harold on this, about this, and uh, a few others. And I say, the more that you talk about these things, have it be demons or ghosts or skinwalkers or, or even a- aliens, extraterrestrials, do you feel that the more that you talk about them, are you attracting them? Have you have you had more sightings? Have you had more encounters? And it's really half and half. Half say yes, and the other half say like absolutely not. There's no connection. <laughs> so it is it is really difficult to say. But when we are dealing with you know legends or or cultures such as the First Nations, um, you, you, we do have to be respectful on that. At least when we're of talking course. to them about that. But amongst ourselves, it is a different story altogether. We can say it a thousand times and just kind of hope for that we don't encounter one. Got it. Got it. Yeah, got it's it. really. I feel like I feel like Brian and I talk about this all the time. But we even we've noticed in the course of doing this podcast and just exploring some of these stranger, more esoteric topics you know, weird stuff subtly, but weird stuff starts to happen in our own lives too. I don't know if you've, if you've encountered any of that at all yourself, like delving into these strange topics, like the strangeness kind of reaches out for you too, a little bit. I think instead of it reaching out, I think that we just now have a keen eye and keen ears yeah, for like it. So maybe, for maybe it. it's yeah. always happened and we're just now kind of catching on to it. And a good example of that is, I think it was maybe last year, like, Two or two or three semesters ago, I was taking. There were two classes in particular that I was taking where theories or questions about extraterrestrials popped up, and like the most bizarre classes. One of them being um, philosophy one hundred and one, and one of them being a geology class. Like things that you wouldn't really expect it to be happening, but several times on my homework and on my exams these questions would come up. So extraterrestrials, what are your thoughts? Or what if we found this extraterrestrial rock? How would you decipher and things like that? And I'm thinking, has it always been like that? Or is that just a new thing? Or am I just now seeing that? Because I did not see that a few years back. So right. it, it is it is hard to say if, if we just have an eye for it now or if it's, or if we are attracting it. Interesting. Very, okay, I got I got one more question before we let you go. Uh, all right, let's go back to that uh, that library imagery that you set up that we can only see through a keyhole. You have one opportunity to pick the lock and go into that library. You have no idea. Now you 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 can learn everything. You can spend as much time in that library, learn everything. Maybe your human brain can't take it. That's a risk you're just going to have to take. Yes or no? Do you go in or not? Yeah. Go big or go home. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Abducted by aliens, entering the quantum library, cooking ramen anywhere in the universe. Christina Gomez. And bringing cats. Incredible. <laughs> Can, yeah, and bring, bringing those cats. Not haunted vacuums, though. We'll leave those on Earth with our weird friend from class. <laughs> we got it. Before we before we totally wrap, you have a, a million shows. I was trying to right. I was trying to look up everything you do. I ran out of tabs. My my computer was overheating. Uh can you can you talk about your paradigm show? Your uh, you've got uh, mysteries with a history too. What's what's the scoop on those? Okay, so shifting the paradigm is where I interview UFO researchers, enthusiasts, and now even paranormal investigators, so and it's cool. an hour and a half show, just kind of 
diving through their work, through what they do, and also their experiences as well. That one is on KUNX Talk Radio on Tuesdays at 5.30 PST. Then on Thursdays, I have another show called Mysteries with a History that I co-host with Jimmy Church on Fade to Black Radio, who's another radio pioneer. And we just jump into one specific topic every single week, and we just kind of dive deep. For example, Mysteries of Utah. We can talk about the Rendlesham Forest. We can talk about um, the Holloman Air Force Base, things like that. Um, and so we spend an hour and a half just really diving deep. And so I bring all my notes and he brings his experience and like the years that he's looked into it. And then on Fridays, I have Strange Paradigms, which covers strange and weekly news from around the world. And then covering that either by myself or with a guest co-host for an hour and a half at 2.30 p.m. PST. Amazing. That's a lot of content. That's exhaust. That's an exhausting amount of content. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then I'm also a full-time student and have a job. So like sleep is just not an option. Just hey, who who's got time for it? Right? Uh Christina, where where can we find all of those shows on the internet? Best place to find me is on Twitter. I place all of my updates on there. And it's eyes underscore on the skies. There you can find YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Facebook groups all of that. But you can also find me on YouTube at Christina Gomez and Christina is C-R-I-S-T-I-N-A and then Gomez. And then you will see all of my shows on there or on my website at strangeparadigms.com. Literally everything's on there and so much more. Hell yeah. Christina Gomez, thank you so much. We uh, we really, really appreciate it. Eric, let's get out of here. Let's do it. Christina, you rule. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Eric, did I did I get all the blood? You're still it's a it's a slow drip. It's like a it's like a faucet that's kind of that's broken. My, no, is there? I don't really get bloody noses. It's like, ugh, 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 it, good enough, good enough. I yeah, I feel it. like the mic might pick up that just like bony whistling. It's like a wet whistle. <laughs> ah, that's hey, we'll we'll get through. It'll get us through the outro. Yeah, um, it'll be obviously. Fine. Obviously, we're going to have to say thank you to Christina Gomez. She was super generous with her time, and that was so interesting and flew by. That was She just really set the bar. You know, she said at one point she denies being a journalist, but I don't know what qualifies you as a journalist if she's not. She's got like eight different shows. She's got a radio show. She's deep diving into all this stuff, talking to all the legends in the field. Um, Incredible. Yeah. Um, let's see. We, uh, we're going to Paracon. Uh, we're going to see July sixteenth and seventeenth. Uh, we're going to be tabling both days. We're bringing Tess Fivel from Astonishing Legends along, uh, and we are doing a live show that'll be Sunday. Uh, that'll be July seventeenth at one fifteen p.m. Uh, we're going to be talking to Tess Fivel. It's good, Eric. I'm realizing we shouldn't have brought someone from a better podcast to promote our podcast. It's all all we do is talk to people from better shows than us. <laughs> That's kind of our niche. That's our niche. <laughs> The bottom feeders of the paranormal. <laughs> and uh, let's see. We want to say thank you to Carl Casey at White Bat Audio for the use of his music. Do you want to get in touch with us? You can email us at SpookyBrianAndEric at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at BrianAndEricPod. And you can check out our blog at BrianAndEric.show. Uh, for both of us here at Brian and Eric, don't belong here. Thank you for listening. And oh, God, I'm bleeding. Out. Oh, my God. There's so Eric. There, it just I opened up something. I'm calling the doctor for you. This is very serious. Stay safe out there. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>